Good day. Before we begin today, I'd like to take a moment of your time to talk about something that's that's I I use the word almost spiritual. Because I think sometimes we have to stop and think about what we're doing and think about us. And just step back from the usual political and societal, social blather that we're involved with. I want to tell you about some observations. Just to start you off today, this, this will get you going. This will make you think. First, I ran across a uh, one of these Facebook self-laudatory, self-congratulatory moments that we've all seen and I find so thoroughly disgusting. And it's about, it's what we see all the time in, in um, you know, the usual stuff. Facebook and Instagram to an extent. But this self-congratulatory, which I hate more than anything you can imagine. When somebody says, I'm so honored to be, no you're not, you're bragging. I hate bragging, you have no idea. I want you to start off by understanding something, by by joining me and publicly proclaiming your ordinariness. Repeat after me, I am not special. I am not a genius. I know nothing. I may know more than somebody else, but in the scheme of things in the universe, that doesn't mean anything. I'm just ordinary. I'm just ordinary. Understand that. Celebrate it. You're nothing special. When you go, you might be missed eh, for a while, maybe some immediate people, but don't ever take yourself so seriously. You are not a wit. You are not a sage. You're not a genius. Even if you're a genius, you're not a genius. Compared to what? AI? We'll get to that in a moment. And I was reading this hubristic, absolutely self-referential tripe that he gave to these poor students who were stuck in an auditorium and they're listening to this blowhard talk about your dreams can be your map, your pole star. Well, he didn't say that, but... No, 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 no. Your dreams may mean something. It may end up being beneficial. There are people right now who are dead. Life is a crapshoot. It's entropy. And your dreaming means nothing in the scheme of things. Your dreaming is one of many dreams that people dream of, dreams that are cut short by a variety of stuff they never anticipated. So if you think that you can do anything you want, and the worst is if you think, if you are trying to gauge your success based upon money, I don't know you. You are so insignificant in the scheme of things. You are stardust at best. You are a molecular salad of whatever. It doesn't mean you're nothing, but stop thinking how great you are. You don't know anything. And you are the luckiest person to be born in this country or wherever you are at this time with these circumstances. Life is a crapshoot. And there are people that I know who all of a sudden, they were doing great. And then all of a sudden they scratched their neck and they said, hey, I got this lump. And next thing you know, they're dead. So so don't give me this business about, oh, this guy planned. Oh, he had dreams. He knew. He took his plans and his plans became dreams and his dreams became habits and his habits became, and all this nonsense. So start off the bat with that, okay? What would you tell kids? 
I wouldn't tell them anything. I wouldn't tell them. I, I couldn't go for a commencement and tell them story. Are you kidding? They want to get out. They're not even listening to you. It's garbage what you're saying. It's all about you. You're taking your own sense of gratitude, your own sense of accomplishment, and you're repivoting it and repositioning it as though it's some, some sage advice. What? You don't know anything. That's number one. Next. Music. I can't tell you enough how important music is. Music is not... There, there is nothing to it. I should have said nothing to it. Nothing like it in terms of how it absolutely, positively changes your everything. Changes your perspective. Changes your mood. How it was so... How it was so important in so many of so many events of your life. It's the soundtrack of your life. It's the most wonderful thing in the world, and it also was great because it's it's about it's about your it's about your culture and your country and where you're from. And for the longest time, I have I guess high school maybe I've. Uh, Subscribe to Downbeat in a magazine. You can't get this online. There's something about a magazine, and I'm not. I'm not one of these people who says, "Oh, I gotta have a magazine." No, no. Sometimes this is actually a much better means of looking at things. I it there. There's something to it. The way you uh, appreciate it. Give you an example. Give you an example. You may like take the thing. Take the food that you want. Take the food that you love, something that you like, some dish, something, 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 something. And let me present it to you. Let me chop it up real fine. Let me puree it. You'll hate it. I've just changed the physical structure of it. It's your food. It's whatever you like. I just changed the format. That's all I did. You don't taste it the same way. You don't taste the texture Certain foods are certain bites. You have, I don't know about you, but if you have a, you don't want to eat a pizza on little little uh, toothpicks. No. That, so that's what this is. The way you consume things. The way you listen to music. You want to listen to ear pods or earphones or headphones or cans or go to a concert or hear it on speakers. Changes everything. But music is it. And what's also amazing about this is I'm reading about this wonderful admixture, this beautiful reminder of how jazz in particular, so quintessentially American, oh my God, black, white, gay, Asian, straight, young, old, male, female, doesn't matter who you are. It might have been different in the old days. And the jazz... um, these, these wonderful festivals. And there's this great article, this great piece on Ricky Lee Jones. Ricky Lee Jones and how I loved her. Loved her. So just let me tell you that. That's part two of today's morning, just so your morning ritual. Find out about somebody, find music that you love and study it. Immerse yourself in it. It is as much a part of your spiritual and actual political and, and, and religious uh, nurturing as anything else. Music is it. And if you play, even better. I can't say it enough. Because you've got to think about yourself. There is more to what you are than Donald Trump or Fox News or the Durham Report or whatever it is that you're studying. There's about, it's about you. It's about you. Next. I was listening to well, this in fascinating documentary on the BBC about Michael Ventris, who in 1952 deciphered this language called Linear B. And it's this pursuit. I have to understand it. He was an architect, and he taught himself this. And it showed you this feeling. Well, let me ask you something. When was the last time you felt absolutely, intellectually, just 
in love with something, where you were, you, you, you just couldn't hear enough of it. You couldn't think enough of it. You just wanted to study it. You wanted to know it. We thought, this is the greatest thing in the world. It's like, wow, I've never thought about this. It might be religion. It might be philosophy. It might, be, it might have been a class. It might be math. It might be, I don't know. Maybe a hobby. Maybe the time you learned how to sail or you, you learned something, but you became immersed in something. You, you, you were immersed in this. When was the last time that happened? When? 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 And by the way, someone writes, music should be compulsory for kids. No. No. No, 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 no. You never make something compulsory. You'll destroy it if you make it compulsory. You just don't let them know it's compulsory. That's all. That's all. I understand what you're saying, and I think it should be taught in terms of a lot of things, uh, the mathematics of it, the rhythms, the whatever. Just, but never compulsory. You will destroy any feeling, so I, I appreciate that. Cosmology beautiful. Cosmology blows your mind. Artificial intelligence is to me that. Artificial intelligence involves your understanding what learning is, breaking down learning. It reminds me of college. It reminds me of psychology. It reminds me, before you get to the AI part, you have to understand, well, what is it that we're trying to do? What is intelligence? It's philosophy. It's science. It's math. And I'm also finding out now a little concerned, but not. It is filled with young people who speak today's young people's language, which is so annoying to me. But I will have to get past that. It's a form of speech that I find annoying. And it's not that I don't find other people's speech annoying. Oh, yes, I do. But this is this kind of, it's either that flat monotonal, monotonous, uh, weird, almost medicated, flat affect delivery, or it's a version of the Kardashian uptick with a little bit of a verbal fry and a croak, a little bit. Uh, or or it's a, it's a version of... Um, Kind of a lilty baby fight, almost a juvenile, juvenescent sound. Irrespective, and this that's my own particular bias. What they're saying is brilliant. Absolutely the most brilliant stuff I've ever heard. It is incredible. No cursing. No F-bombs. Nothing. Nothing. If there's one thing that Joe Rogan could only do, just for me, you're taking my beloved cursing and you're ruining it. You're ruining it. It's not the F-bomb. It's not the F-word that is the most prolific. It's the S-word. You don't even do that correctly. It's like taking, it's like somebody says, hey, I discovered cilantro and putting it on everything. It's like, no, 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 it's a spice. Anyway, I'm listening to this, and whether it's LLMs, whether it's the notion of uh, alignment, it is the most fascinating thing. And what I'm doing is, and this is the way I do it, first, I just immerse myself in it. I listen to it, and even though, if I may not, I, I may not understand what, I just want to hear it. I want to hear it over and over and over. And when somebody is saying something to you repeatedly using a particular jargon, uh, a, a lexicon, an argot, uh, a, a, a vocabulary, over after a period of time, you say, okay, oh, I've heard that before. I got it. I got it. And then you understand, okay. I, used, I still love to hear lectures from people. I was... I was listening to uh, a guy, a doctor, describing cardiology, uh, ER, 
a trauma uh, uh, board certification stuff, ex- explaining how this worked. It was the most because I didn't understand what he was. Didn't, didn't matter that I didn't understand what he was saying. He is showing me what he's talking about, which means that there is something there that I know nothing about, which fascinates me. If I'm watching somebody build something, I don't know how they're doing it. I couldn't do it myself, but I know what building is. I understand it. When I hear music, I can't play it, but I know what they're doing. When I'm watching people cook and chop and prepare and flambe and reduce, and I can't do it, but I know what they're doing. Artificial intelligence is the most fascinating thing there is. And it is. And the people who are making the the headway, the, the people who are the pioneers, like uh, the, you, you have different schools. You have the alarmists and you have this Eliezer Yukotsky and, 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 and Lex Friedman, who does a, his podcasts are just the best, the best, the best. Gertzel, Kurzweil, they're real positive. They never talk about the negative. There's this balance. Do you get paranoid about it? Do you, do you just address it? Do you say, wait a minute, this is... When, when Rutherford and Maxwell and Einstein and Zillard talked about atoms and splitting the atoms, their first thing was not, hey, this could be a bomb. They didn't think like that. Albert, Alfred Nobel didn't say, hey, this TNT business could hurt people. No. The, per, the first person who does something is, hey, I've got a scalpel. We, you can kill somebody with this. No. Your first inclination is not to go for the negative. And if it is, that says a lot about you. It is just, listen to what I'm telling you. It is so interesting. Not the level, not the subject of AI and AGI and alignment and all that jazz, but what we're talking about. Phenomenally, phenomenally fascinating. This is a time to learn something new. Next, I hear. I heard something. I heard if it was Roger Ailes's. Uh, Widow, I heard about this. I did not hear it, so I cannot tell you. She was lamenting, or somebody was lamenting the fact that uh, Fox News is kind of... Let me explain something to you. And I want you to listen to me and follow me on this one. I know you can't. By the way, we're going to get to the Durham thing in a moment, but I want you to understand, this this is more... This is our morning congregational. This is more spiritual stuff. Listen to me carefully. By virtue of my age, my generation, I have been through, and I'm sure you have, technological changes and comings and goings uh, that you can imagine. For example, for example, AM radio gave way to FM radio. And then somewhere along the line, cassette tapes came in, and then eight tracks came in. And this dealt with, not with the music, but with the means of recordation, the means of presenting it. That's all it was. And then later on, it, it, music continued on its own. Everybody, we went from Freddie and the Dreamers to Peter Gabriel, irrespective of whether it was AM or FM, that's recordation. But sometimes the medium is so inextricably connected to the uh, sound that you confuse the two. Fox News is sputtering out. It's, and it will be a long, long time before it just says, okay, Let's move on. Let's. This will go the way of vice or something. That's not going to happen. If that's what you ever think. But it's lost its punch for a variety of reasons. Let me explain something to you. And this is what I want you to understand. Whatever it was that it spoke of, whether it's conservatism or, or whatever it is, the same thing could be said for CNN. If CNN is falling apart, that doesn't mean that liberalism or left-leaning, whatever, is gone. No, that's merely, that was the, that was the platform. That, that's all it was. It doesn't mean that the idea is gone. 
Fox News, for the longest time, to many of you, and I say this time many of you, it has been, again, inextricably connected and intertwined with the notion of conservatism and Reaganomics or whatever the heck this thing is. It is not to be confused with the two. It is now changing. Something happened drastically. It wasn't the end of Tucker Carlson. It's the changes that led up that required them to remove him. Part of the Dominion lawsuit, if you believe that story. It's not Tucker Carlson. It's the fact that somebody said, we want to, we, we have to change directions. And that might be the most demonstrable part of it. With all due respect to my good friend Sean Hannity, if he were to go away, it wouldn't change anything. It really wouldn't. Because he is like the house band for conservatism. He's just the, he's uh, he's a cover band for Reagan. You know what I mean? He's just, it, it, it's, it's not, it's just, he is the Wellingtons. Remember who they were? The Wellingtons were the group that always played in Gilligan's Island. They did the honeybees, they did the whatever, they did the, the song. They were always this house band. That's what that is. Now, this is where we're going to get serious now. I want you to listen to me carefully. And take all of these wonderful things I've said. I want you to think about this, about um, uh, jazz and language and blah, 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 blah. Put that over away. But, but, but just push that aside. Put that aside over here. I want you to stop. And I want you to think about today. This is your message. This is your goal. I want you to ask yourself, what am I? What do I believe in? What is my thing? And don't use any label that's ever been used. Don't ever, don't say I'm a libertarian. I listened to some wonderful discussions of the libertarian uh, network and it's the most boring stuff I've ever heard in my life. It's boring. It's just boring. The less government, stay out of my bedroom, free markets. I got that. Boring. That's, if you need a name for that, if you need a name, that's like me saying, what kind of food do I like? Well, I like food that's hot when it's supposed to be hot, cold when it's supposed to be cold, and uh, spiced accordingly, and at the right temperature. Well, that doesn't, that's for all foods. Well, that's true, but uh, that's what I, well, do you have a name for that? Uh, no, that's what I, well, that's what you believe in. What did the Republicans say all the time? My business, well, it's a libertarian thing. Stay out of my bedrooms, my business, none of your business, my sexuality, what I smoke, whatever. Okay, fine. What are the, what are the uh, uh, Democrats saying? Same thing. Everybody says the same thing. I don't know where the right or the libertarians ever got off on this idea that, well, that's our idea. What? What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Our level of discussion regarding political ideology is so based today. I don't. I, I don't even. I don't even recognize it. I don't even recognize it. We are children. We are simplistic. We don't have any ideology whatsoever. Okay. So what do you believe in? And moreover, who is it that provides that which you believe? Who is it? Tell me. Tell me. It's important that you tell me. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where any of this... Somebody, the other day, we were talking about something, and I was doing a particular project, helping a friend. And we're doing this thing, and I'm presenting something. And the subject came came up, and they said, oh, this is a gray area. I said, the what? The gray area. It's not a gray area. Why do you say it was gray? Well, because it's not left, it's not right. Where did you come up with left and right from? Let me ask you something. If you take gay sexuality and straight sexuality, where's the gray area? There is no gray area. What does that mean? Okay, there's dead and there's alive. Where's the gray area? There is no gray area. It's dead or alive. Where do you come up with this gray? 
What gray area means to people is you don't know enough about the subject to identify it and you love labels. Stop with the labels. I know I'm wasting my time in other circles, but I'm not wasting my time with you. Because for some particular reason, you have evinced, you have evidenced the fact that you are different than other people. And I love that. Okay? And the last thing I want to tell you before we get to this story that I want to discuss about this Durham business, which again is being mistaken. You know, there are some of us who enjoy certain labels. I've got a friend of mine who says, you know, I'm a, I'm a rather conservative. I'm to the right of Attila the Hun. If I hear that, I haven't heard that in a while, but that used to be very, very popular. I'm to the right of Attila the Hun. I said, well, Attila the Hun was a, was a socialist. Till the hum was left. What? Yeah. So you're to the right of a socialist? Well, I would hope so. Wait a minute, Till the Hun's a socialist? Yeah. Planned economy? You betcha. Well, I thought a socialist meant what? You thought socialist meant what? Weak, pacifist, pacific, kind, sedate? That's nothing to do with socialism. You want to? You you think Chinese are socialists? I mean, I mean, they are socialists. You say are communists, depending upon how you look at it. And communism, by the way, is a is the ultimate uh, level of of supposed success. But these are one would say pretty serious about one could even say totalitarian or draconian. So you're using that term incorrectly. And of course, I confuse this poor guy so much because of this these ideas that people have. I say, what does this mean? So anyway, there's a group of people, and you've met them. Have you ever met the conspiracist? This is the conspiracy theorist. He knows every phrase there is. Well, I don't want to blackpill you. Ooh. Ooh. It's like he, went, he got all the, all the brochures. Want to blackpill you? I'm going to do a little bit about, oh, we're going to all, oh, DARPA. Talking about DARPA, that's always good. We're going to talk a little bit about um, digital currency, but in the right way. Used to be globalism, but they're, they're, they're more into, they know more of a link. For example, they know about the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Institute. They know a little bit about uh, Bohemian Grove, uh, Bilderberg. Um, Jekyll Island, you know, there's there's this, there's a nomenclature that these folks enjoy. And these are the prototypical conservative types. I mean, not conservative, conspiracists. Have you met these people? They love this. And they jump on stuff. And when you hold, if you hold up a picture of Bill Gates, they'll go crazy. Hold up a picture of Epstein, we go crazy. Hold up a picture of Klaus Schwab. Uh, any member of the Rothschild family that Evelyn, that you would know, they'd go crazy. Rockefeller, uh, Kissinger, they know the routine. It's almost like they've gone to school. Say something. International globalist banking. Very good. What about this? Bilderberg Group. Bilderberg Group, 1954. Uh, Belgium. Uh, this meets every year. Uh, the, okay, fine. What about Bohemian Grove? Since 1890, uh, North uh, North California, uh, the, uh, they, uh, they have the uh, the the uh, uh, quasi pagan. Got it. Very good. What else? And then you just know certain things. And then at the time of COVID, they were off and running. There was more information to remember. More stuff to to put into your conspiracist quiver. And I'm not saying that these are necessarily wrong or right, but they love the the language, the lingo, the the presentation. Don't be like this. Don't. Don't. There's this and I and I know these there. You know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes things are just the way that... You know, it's Occam's Razor. There's another one for you. You got to bring that one up, Occam's Razor. Now, let me try this again. Because remember, 
the Durham thing will be gone by today is pretty much, it's over with. It's boring. Why do you think that is? Why? Because nobody really understands it. Nobody read it. They kind of think they read it. They know people who've read it. They know what to call it. But they're not really sure what it is. They're not really sure how, how to explain specifically, well, what what is it? What does it mean? Well, it means this is what it means. And I mentioned this last night. I want you to understand this again today. I want you to be able to tell your friends that what this means is that Trump has been exonerated. That this is his get-out-of-jail-free. This is, this is a vindication, an exoneration of everything that Trump has said. It has nothing to do with the FBI not following protocol. It has nothing to do with the fact that, well, they did not um, go through the proper framework of it. No, that's not it. They, they, they didn't. That's putting it mildly. They targeted Trump. They targeted him. Ignored Hillary. Took what she said and went with it. Took stories that were absolutely far-fetched from the beginning. Somebody in Australia may have either said to Papadopoulos or was overheard by Papadopoulos that maybe he might be connected with somebody. There has never been one piece of evidence indicium of evidence, any indication, anything, which indicates, shows, or provides any evidence whatsoever as to any Russian collusion in our election or elections ever. Let me say that again. Let me make sure you understand so you can say this today or whenever. There has never been any example at all of anything even vaguely or remotely indicating Russian collusion or interference with any election ever with any president at any time. The only interference has been on the part of Hillary Clinton. The only interference has been a United States citizen being surveilled, followed, harassed, bugged, monitored, uh, you name it, namely Donald Trump, by the private army, the private police squad, a police force, and police, the, the, the secret police, if you will, of the Biden administration. Everything that we've said was done during the Obama administration. Brennan, just go down the list. It is the most, it is the most incredible example of the most pernicious, unconstitutional, illegal uh, treatment of a private citizen in I don't know how long. It, it is beyond anything. That's what it is. It's not about, well, the FBI uh, cut corners. No. Pick a favorite. How about the Tuskegee syphilis study where African-American men were subjected to very powerful, virulent strains of, of uh, syphilis and they're not treated. Okay. I could say what I just said or I could say the government did not go through the usual protocol, the usual procedures in order to verify or to uh, provide the initial permission uh, platforms for experiment. Excuse me, you're making it sound like somebody didn't cross their eyes. You gave people syphilis. And you're talking about what? Well, we did not do that. When Rosemary Kennedy was lobotomized by Joe Kennedy, he did not... Um, 
perhaps uh, looked the other way when it came to parenting. Wait a minute, stop it. You're, this is a euphemism for the most horrible, horrible... I mean, you, you, you can just go down the list. Where did this come from? And everybody yesterday... I, I shouldn't say that because I, I can't really say this, but from what I've seen on YouTube and elsewhere... When it comes to, to Fox, he didn't do anything to even remotely, even remotely tell you specifically the horrors of what this man went through. Because for some reason, Donald Trump is like, you're just used to it. It's like, well, you know, that's, that's, that's what you get for being Trump. And, you know, what are you going to do? It was off the charts. And if that man, if that man does not avail himself of litigation, civil rights claim, prosecutions, then then we don't live in a free society, period. That's serious. So let me ask you something. What do you think that was? Tell me. What do you think that was? What do we call that? What, what do we learn from that? Anything? No. Anything? No. Do you have any idea of what that story was about? Number one, the fact that we already knew it, that we didn't really need this, but if you want somebody to, okay, documented it, he documented what we already knew. Hillary Clinton, nothing. Nothing. The level of corruption, and let me just explain something. The people who run this country, and perhaps run the world, but the people who run this country, do not represent you or the Democrats. See, the Democrats think somehow that they're a part of this. I got news for you. Uh Uh-uh. This goes beyond anything that we've ever even even remotely said. Absolutely, positively, without it it just goes without without any kind of saying. By the way, another thing uh, which is very, very important. um, A couple of things on this side, okay? Look at this, Michael Goodwin, New York Post. Stabbed in the back by the deep state. Is that what you think this was? Maybe, yeah, sort of, I guess, maybe. Next, I don't know why this is important, but maybe. Lauren Boebert files from divorce from her husband of 18 years. I don't know when she got married, but I think she's going to be a grandmother. A little bit of advice, and this has nothing to do with politics, but take it from me, I know what I'm talking about. Never get involved in a fight or a or a, a fight, in any kind of discussion regarding a family as to divorce. Number two, never think you know anything about what a family is going through, or what a family, how good they are, how happy they are, you don't know. Believe me when I tell you, you don't know anything about that. Nothing. You never know anything. Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Bulbert, uh, Donald Trump, nobody. You never know anything. You understand this? Anything. You absolutely... So just, just, just want to tell you that one. Next, there is a story, and I want you to be aware of this. The National Institute of Health are warning that cannabis use is implicated, and by the way, not only cannabis use, but this iteration of cannabis. In 30% of the cases of schizophrenia among men between 18 and 30, 30%. This is becoming so serious, so frequent, so incredibly horrible, you literally and actually have no idea of, of how serious this is. I, 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 I don't know how to put this into detail. I'm telling you right now, if you are a parent and you have a kid in particular who is deciding that it's okay to vape or whatever the heck it is you do, I'm not. this is not the old uh, Jack Webb, Joe Friday kind of thing. I'm telling you right now, you better really be very careful. And by the way, for the love of God, 177 likes, please. Thank you for the likes so far. But we need more. I hate to I hate to do that to you. But that's it. Now, 
today, everybody's going to be spending all their time going through this and writing the most scathing information and rules about you did this and they're going to talk about this. And Jonathan Turley wrote a wonderful article. And Victor Davis Hanson, who I think is great. And Andrew McCarthy is wonderful. I think they're great. And they're going to, I mean, they're going to write some of the best prose, the best descriptions of what happened. And you know what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing will come of it. Nothing will happen. Nothing. That is the issue. And the question that I would have to ask, Jim Jordan, or, oh, Josh Hawley wrote up, oh, did you hear this? Oh, i got to tell you about this one. I don't know why this, this gets me. I howled. I howled. In my own particular way, for, my, for no particular reason, other than the fact that I howled. But I howled. Josh Hawley, Hawley wrote a book called Manhood, the Masculine Virtues America Needs. Josh Hawley. Now, let me explain something to you about that. And I just want maybe somebody to help me with this one, if you, if you don't mind. What are masculine virtues? I ask you. What does that mean? Number two. When somebody writes a book entitled Masculine Virtues, are they telling you that, oh, by the way, I'm a, I'm a proponent and an advocate and an exemplar of masculine values? Do you think Josh Hawley is... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, where did this come from where people now are going to say, you're going to write... What being masculine is. So let me just ask you a question. It's very, very simple. I don't know why this gets me. Let's say you've got a little boy and you're, uh, you want to explain to a little boy what does it mean to be masculine? What would you tell your little boy or what would you tell your little girl to explain, I guess, what men are without screwing them up royally? I'm dead serious. What would you tell them? What would you say? What? what would you tell what is masculine? What does that mean? Tell me. Now there's prototypical. There's a guy who says, I eat raw meat and okay, fine. That's more, you know, Daniel Boone, just go out, let's go hunt. Okay. Tell me what is masculine versus adult. Tell me what is masculine that's not feminine. Tell me what it means. Keep your word. Okay, that's very good. I appreciate that. That's a good one. I'm reading some of your comments. Eric says, keep your word. I think that would be for adults. Uh, Eric, and not necessarily for a man. Chivalry? Isn't chivalry etiquette? What does chivalry mean? Uh, what? What does that mean? Uh, protecting what? The, the damsel? The fairer sex? What? what I, I guess. I think it means etiquette. It means politeness for men and for women. Open the door. You open the door for everybody. I don't know what the... If I'm standing there and there's people coming in, open the door for everybody. I don't say, sorry, guy. Only the ladies. No? What does that mean? Strength, courage, skill, honor? Again, women don't have that? Women don't have strength? I think some of the greatest, uh, most strongest people I've ever known in my life are women. Mrs. L, my mother. Strong like you can't believe. Tell me what is exclusively male. Being respectful to others. Thank you, Raul. But women do that as well. Provide and protect. Okay, provide. So you're saying provide might be what? Does that mean pay for the... That's good. That's good. Is that masculine? And to protect. Guess who protects more than anybody? Mothers do. What does that mean? Listen, a man worker, that's not it. Chivalry is exclusive to men, pretty much. Why is that? Chivalry, and let's look this up. What do I always tell you? Always look up the word. Always, it helps you, it gives you, it gives you a basis. 
Chivalry, we're not talking, of course, from the knights, but chivalry means a combination of qualities expected of an ideal knight, especially courage, da, 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 da. Uh, courteous behavior, especially that of a man towards women. What is the difference between that and sexist? Is that sexist? Not if it's respectful. Not if it's respectful. What does that mean? Now, what I'm telling you, and the reason for this exercise, is to show you that we don't know. Uh, Drummer says it depends on the culture. Absolutely. Sometimes, in some cultures, I know as a matter of fact, there are some cases, some cultures, some groups, some people I've known, who believe that it is completely okay and acceptable and expected for a man to have an affair on his wife. Because that's what macho men do. Absolutely part. There are some cultures where sometimes getting a little rough is considered what, you know. There are other uh, cultures, uh, and this has nothing really to do with education, but that a, a man is pretty much, he runs the house. He runs the show. What he says goes. Is that masculine? You think that makes sense? What does that do? What is, how does that impart to your children? Better yet, one of the things that we don't really understand is that it's almost because we always talk about a man in terms of a of a of a of a son, but what's really important, probably more than anything else, is how a man deals with a woman and how she provides a sense of how a man fits into her world. For example. Have you ever, and I'm sure there are some of you right now, I'm sure there are some of you who, uh, women, who are, who responded to the fact of you're from a divorced family and you felt abandoned, not all, but many, I've heard this, abandoned by your father. And you will go for the rest of your life looking for your father. Not in any weird uh, quasi, not edible, but electro-complex. No, 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 no. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. But it is one of the things which is so... Because remember something. A mother is different than anything you can imagine. Number one, you come from your mother. Number two, you are one with your mother. You're actually like the same stuff. It's a different thing altogether. Next, you will find mothers and women, both genders find women attractive because of mother. If a baby does not find the female form, whatever this is, attractive, that baby dies. If a baby feels a repulsion, some kind of a revulsion, does not does not feel any kind of an attraction or calmness or... or it's not good. Father is the extraneous satellite. He's the guy who, well, he's not, he's there, but uh, not like a mother. Father didn't give birth to you, the mother gave birth to you. But you are, a, you're in a different thing. So there's a first, you say, who's this guy? And the father is what gives the mother and the, or gives the children the idea of this is the way husbands and wives work. This is the way I respect your mother. This is the way she respects me. This is kind of the way we do it. So if you're looking for something kind of heterosexual, if you're looking for the usual nuclear family, this is how we do it. This is what daddies do. Daddy comes home. Daddy doesn't get drunk. Daddy doesn't hit his wife. Daddy doesn't fool around. Daddy comes home. Uh, remember that song, uh, uh, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days, about uh, the judge. If you want to hear um, King of the Cowboys, listen to King of the Cowboys by the Amazing Rhythm Mazes. Oh my God, it's beautiful. There was something also in the old days where we had this notion called the cowboy, this the, the white hat Roy Rogers type of person. Define this. What does this mean? I'm not going to ask people. I'm not going to ask people. But there are many of you, I know this for a fact, because I just know, I, I know what I'm talking about. There are people who 
Young women in particular, like I said, feel a tremendous sense of loss, not sometimes just by the death of a family, which is nothing, obviously, to, to blame the father. But when a father abandons, it, it does something that you cannot believe. And it is so, so important. It is so important. And it's one of those things where When you get down to it, there's nothing masculine about it. There's nothing masculine. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. Joe Miami says, Thank you, Lionel, for your daily dose of wisdom. Joe, thank you, my friends, and thank you for your That's for you, Joe Joe. Thank you. Joe Miami, everybody. What does it have to do with him being no? Let me ask you this question, and I'm not trying to be in any way uh, rude. I'm not trying to be cute or impertinent. But if you had a a two women who were a couple, is there anything about that situation which would prevent the development of a of a uh, um, uh, a young man to be masculine if he's with two women? Yes or no? I think you know what I'm going to say. Is there anything? Is it a matter of, when we talk about a masculine value, is it about, what, shaving? What is it about? What does that mean? What does that mean? Aquavalva? Here's some old spice, kid. All right, here's what you do. All right. We're going to go out, we're going to throw the ball around, all right? We're going to go fish. Does it have anything? Do, do you think, do you think that if a young man does not have a father, quote, quote, in the family, that this is, and let's say it's not because of abandonment, not because of anything out of whatever, but just because of uh, two moms. Let's talk about this. What about a weak father? Let's talk about this. What's worse? How about the father who basically doesn't have, the father who's given up? You heard this guy? This is a guy doesn't do anything, doesn't hit anybody, comes home every night, but just isn't there. Gives up. Maybe he's got a room. Maybe there's a family of other girls. Who knows? What's worse? The father who's, I don't want to say, we, we use these terms that don't really apply, henpecked and all of this. I think that might be a bit dated. What does that tell you? Does that mean anything? Or, 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 does that mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that it's not just having a father or a mother, but having the right one? What does a kid need a father for? Okay, what do you want to talk Because most parents, what do you want to talk about? Oh, it's sexual matters? Most parents don't talk about that. Most parents don't talk about that at all. At all. So tell me, what do you do? Do you, is it throwing a baseball around? No. What is it? What does a father, a mother and father mean versus two fathers, two mothers, two strong mothers, two strong fathers versus a mother and a father where the father's not that strong or the mother's not that strong or whatever. I mean, I don't know. What you're going to find out by virtue of this discussion that we've had so far is that there's this weird combination and you're going to say, you know what? I never thought about that. That's what I want you to say. I know there's a difference, but I can't put my finger on it exactly. Because it can be a weak father, or a strong father, or a good father, or a fair father. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, unless you need somebody. For example, what does a father do to his daughter? Forget the boy. Tell me what a father does to a daughter. Now remember, the mother is kind of presumed, and it's wrong to say this, because the mother is there. 
mothers for the most part. Mothers, and I shouldn't, I sh- there are there's obviously exceptions. But what does a man do to a girl? A boy cannot learn to be a man from a woman. What does that mean to be a man? I disagree. What is a man? Be trustworthy. It's like, it's like a boy scout almost. Keep your word. Don't be a jerk. Be polite. What, a woman can't do that? A woman can, perhaps can tell you, maybe in some respects, better than a man can. What does that mean? I don't understand it. This is very interesting. I'm going to read this. I'm not going to mention the name. My father left, my, my lawyer father left my sister and me when I was three. Interesting how you phrase that. Left my sister and me. And remarried a woman with three kids. Saw him four times since. Lives 15 minutes from my sister. When I emailed him last year, he said, I regret nothing. You know what, my friend? I'll bet you, you cannot believe to this day how that affects you. Is that a man? Does that have anything to do with that? I don't understand. What happens to kids and how they are forever affected by virtue of stuff that you don't even realize. And the first thing is, you don't do. A man, an adult, there's this thing called abandonment. And it doesn't mean what you think it means. Abandonment. When you abandon a kid, you will always make that child think, you know what, maybe I'm not that special. There must be a balance. Each has, a, each has their role in the development of a child It's a delicate balance to raise a balanced child. Rule number one, love. Rule number one, love. I don't care if it's a single mom, single father, whatever it is. Love, 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 love. You are loved. You are special. You are great. You are talented. You are are the light of my life. You You are wonderful. You are great. You can do what you want. You are smart. You are handsome. You are pretty. You are talented. Whatever it is. And, and, and if you can't do something, it wasn't that important in the first place. Number one. Start off with that. If you got that under the control, you can do anything. Listen to what I'm saying. You're beautiful. You're a great kid. You're a great kid. You're a wonderful kid. And you would be surprised what variations... Dad doesn't live with me. Mom doesn't live with me. I live with this. I've got stepbrothers or whatever. But I feel that my father and mother love me. That's it. Start off with that. That's a man. That's a woman. That's whatever it is. I don't know. And I love the way we always say, act like a man. What does that mean? You know, don't go back on your... What is that? You mean if you don't, you're a woman? Think about think about these messages we give. Act like a man. Stand by stand, your your word is your bond. What about a woman? Well, she, you know, what does that mean? If anything, if anything is one thing, society has taught us that, on the average, women stick by kids far more than men do. I mean, if you just look at the odds. So what I'm saying to you, my friends, is this. It's a very interesting, it's a very interesting idea. Whenever somebody says teach masculinity, let me ask you something. I'm going to ask you the, the most important question. Can you have a gay son who's masculine? Does that help define this issue? What does that mean? Are you talking about affectation? Are you talking about voice? Tonality? What do you mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Because they, this is, I raised a great young man. He's a man. He's gay. Man of his word. Respectful. Does the right thing. Loyal. 
stands up for what's right or wrong, doesn't put up with gruff, guff, whatever guff is. Gay, but great. Absolutely. We always have this, listen to how we build into this, these ideas that, well, it means a kind of like a Marshall Dillon type versus Charles Nelson Ryan. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. Kids don't care about that. Kids care about whether you are right to them and whether you are fair and whether you abandon them or whether they can trust you. That's it. So you think about this today. I'm, I, gave, I, I, I hope today was a, consider it almost like church. I want you to think about what I'm saying in terms of church. And also understand, regarding Durham, let me tell you one thing. They might just have gotten Trump reelected. Because of the fact that you just vindicated him. Everything else, you charged him. This time you vindicated him. You got that? Okay? All right, my friends. You have a great and a glorious day. I thank you so much for your time and your effort and your generosity and your beneficence and your support. And your mind and your spirit, thank you. We'll be back again tonight, 7 p.m. this eve. You have a great and a glorious day. Don't forget, eat right, pay attention, think, think, think. Find a hobby. It has nothing to do with what you build, but a hobby can be something that you think. Can't say it enough. All right, have a great and a glorious day. We'll see you then. And don't forget this valedictory, this adios, this, this sayonara, so to speak. The monkey's dead. The show's over. Sue ya. Ta-ta.